Welcome to Freaky Fandoms. I am your host, Andrew Hawkins, and today with me, as always, is Miss Deborah Hawkins. Deborah, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Had a nice, refreshing weekend. Uh, did a little work for today's episode. Um, been dreaming about the work I had to do for this episode, so that's been quite interesting. Yeah, you kind of had to work your ass off for the past couple of days because we've been doing a lot to get ready for talking about what we're going to do tonight. But uh, let's talk about it. Tell me, uh, let's uh, have you announce what our show is going to be. So this week we're doing something that we both have known about for quite a long time, but neither one of us have actually done anything with ever. Um, yeah, true. Yeah. We just know about it. Yeah, right. We actually played the infamous Sega CD game Night Trap. Yes, the game that is partially responsible for the creation of the ESRB, which regulates and rates the... I guess, um, maturity levels of video games, mm-hmm. whether or not they're for everybody for kindergarten through 12, I think is one of them. And then there's teens teen, and, and then, then there's mature. mature and then there's adult. Um, but yeah, Night Trap is incredibly infamous. It's got a huge history in gaming circles. It's notorious. And I think it's kind of misunderstood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, and honestly, it's like there's a, there was a huge controversy with this game. Yes. And I think it's only because of the time when this game came out. Yeah, the, the early 90s. Because they just went fucking stupid. <laughs> it was a bad time for, like, creative censorship. Like, yeah. The Senate and the House of Representatives, I think, had a role in it, too. Mm -hmm. But mainly um, it was these Senate committees that were, like, led by the likes of Tipper Gore against the music industry for the eventually tag that we got that says parental advisory explicit content. And then for this... It seemed like the main crusader against violence and, I don't know, derogatory or defamatory content in video games was Senator Joseph Lieberman at the time. Mm -hmm. Just this fucking gray-haired scumbag who hated, hated games. Hey, it didn't, like, he's got, he's like, this is pornography and this is like murder and hatred and endangerment of women have you played the game no i don't need to it's filth you know (laughs) just that kind of vitriol and like shitty snide snivelly fucking attitude and he had it out for night trap especially along with mortal kombat of all games mortal Mortal Kombat kombat one he had a lot of uh issues with but let's talk about Night Trap. Let's talk about what Night Trap is and what its history is and how, interestingly enough, we're still playing games based on Night Trap even today when we get some of the most popular games in the world almost being like clones it of was, Night Trap. It was a game changer for sure. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> That is genuinely fucking awful. But yes, you are right. It was certainly a game changer. And it's funny because it all started with Don Bluth's interactive video game. Dragon's Lair. Fuck yeah. Which is one of my favorite games of all time. so good. Even though the gameplay is so fucking limited. It is beautiful. It's fun. It's great fantasy, and it's got some of the best death scenes ever mm-hmm. in video games. Oh, no. I love Dragon's Lair. We might do Dragon's Lair I'd love to. at some point, yes. but we are here today for Night Trap. Yes. So, in 1983, Dragon's Lair came out, and a lot of... And what? What? Dragon's Lair. <laughs> no, what year? 80... Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking... I totally forgot it was 83. Yeah, yeah, because Dragon's Lair came out... And that sort of opened the door for all of these full motion video games. Yeah, yeah. Which basically Dragon's Lair had a really simple mechanic. Press the button when the thing lights up 
and that triggers the next scene. Mm -hmm. You get through the trap, and then you move on to the next bit of animation. So you make that progress until you effectively beat the game in so many many, uh, tries and attempts. Because, damn, that game is trial and error. But, yeah, um, a lot of developers started thinking about, well, how can I make interactive videos for the home audience and for arcades? And that's kind of what led towards what we got with Night Trap, because it really was all based on how can we get people at home to interact with their videotapes? Yeah, and they actually came up with the software called Nemo. Yeah, because it was with Hasbro, because everybody was getting into the game. No, not really. It was with Nemo. And the thing was, it was like this little disc thing that you could put on top of your VHS player and kind of manipulate the tape somehow or something. It it was almost like an editing um, program. Like there were six ways to play the next scene in the uh, tape, I guess. So you could have like six options to branch off into the next scene and then you would eventually get to the end of the tape. Yeah, um, that's exactly what it was. And James Riley yes. uh, knew about this software and he decided to make a game called... Like, I think it was like uh, Suicide something? No, it was or... like Last Night or it, it was some sort of mystery game. It was where... like Clue. It was like Clue yeah. on tape and you had to go from like room to room to figure out who was going to steal the money out of the mansion. And he made this prototype and he introduced it to Hasbro and they were like, yeah, use this and make 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 an interactive experience using this technology. And it started with, it was going to be this, hu- this huge thing where it was a, mil- uh, a billionaire who had this extremely high-tech security system that also had traps. And his daughter and her friends were having a slumber party while he was out of town. Like you do. And then there were going to be ninja burglars. <laughs> because 80s. Because 80s. This yeah. was made in 87. Yeah. And it was called Scene of the Crime. Scene That's of what the it crime. was. Because yes. you can actually play it now. You can play the original prototype that eventually became Night Trap. But the fucking ninjas would like break into the mansion. And somewhere along the way, the story just kind of became not that and became (laughs) about killer vampires. Yes. That trap people at a winery and get they don't suck their blood no but they obtain they pump it out with like drill vacuum i think they're called trumbull or guns or something like that so let's let's talk about what the fuck night trap is night trap is a 80s slasher slumber party like z-grade vampire movie yes and it's broken up into all these parts where the entire game you're taking out the vampires like one by one because you flip between eight different screens in the bottom left corner of the main dashboard the main window that you're playing yeah you'll be looking at the bedroom or the driveway or the kitchen like different rooms in this house the entryway the hallway Mm -hmm. and it tells you that you're controlling it all from the basement, so you're doing all these surveillance camera, you know, video monitors, and then pressing the button, and then changing the code to press the button whenever you want to release a trap that makes a vampire fall through the floor, or get ejected out the window. Or, or off the off the roof, and then yeah. out of the garden. Yeah, or like the, the old classic where like, Someone falls on the bed and the bed folds up into the wall. Yeah. Like shit like that. Like it's it's so slapsticky and so fucking goofy. Oh, this whole thing is campy as hell. It really is. And that's even before talking about the acting and the <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um yeah, so you gotta get all the vampires basically killed or trapped, and then go after the main bad guys. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the characters in this game? It's or... so bad. 
Oh, it's fucking hilarious. Okay, so we have Victor, who is like the main head vampire guy. Yeah. Um, and he has a wife, a daughter, and a son, and they're mm-hmm. all in on this together, where they're actually like convincing people to come to this winery estate yeah. and hang out just so that they can harvest blood. Um, yeah, for the like, augers, because they're not called vampires; they're called augers. Oh yeah, yeah, because you know they're they're a type of modified vampire slash ninja. Like well, the they're wearing is, garbage bags and like and pantyhose and over pantyhose. their head. The thing is, is um when they were talking about writing the script, yes, because they had to work with Hasbro and like a whole bunch of other people to do this. Yeah, because like, like Hasbro was in the game of making toys for cartoons. Like this was when and they wanted to get into video games. Yeah, this is when they were like the original My Little Ponies. Like yeah, that's when, like eighty six yeah. time frame because yeah. this game was actually being filmed. In 1987. Yeah, because, oh, by the way, this is live action game, not pixelated. This is a live action. <laughs> you're watching a movie and you can change everything. So you're yes. looking at real people. It's, it's an interactive movie. Um, it's so fun. But it was supposed to be like actually, like Stacy, I think, was supposed to be grabbed and then her blood was going to be sucked out of her neck. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 that's too scary and too violent. We need to make it. Not, not as scary. So they took away the fangs. They took away the blood sucking and gave them these really horrific things that like actually go around like guns that yeah. they put around their necks and then shove needles into their necks to get the blood out and fill up tanks. Yeah. Which makes it even worse. Yeah. Like like the, the thing that it reminds me of, like these guns that they have that have like a hook that wraps around your neck. And then a drill that pokes through your jugular well, and starts like sucking your blood out. While two other augers are holding, are holding you in you. place. Yeah. The the guns, they kind of remind me of like those kind of leaf blowers that you wear on your back. Yeah. And then instead of like, you know, blowing, they suck the blood through a little drill bit and then just a tube fills up with blood and then goes and fills up the uh, backpack that they've got on. But that's not the only thing that they do. They actually have one bit in the kitchen area that we see <laughs> where a cabinet gets opened up and it's a dude hanging upside down blood. getting bled. And it's uh, so fun. So we have the augers. We have Victor and his husband, white and husband, his husband, his wife and kids. <laughs> no, Hasbro would have not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But, you know, I'm when sorry. we get to it eventually, that could be something. Well, actually, if you look, for the future. If you look at their roles, like how they interact with each other. He's, Victor's the wife? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just laying that out there. Um, we have Kelly, who is the main character, and she's like yes. this secret agent that's working with the scat team. Oh, God, because not only are there vampires in the vineyard where all of the college co-eds are going to work for their summer break, there are also these fucking federal agents, like the um, scientific computer attack team or something, something like, like that. that. And then when it was eventually bought by Sega and released, it was like, Sega combat attack team or some nonsense like that. But it's basically like your run-of-the-mill bullshit um, mercenary team that gets sent in. Like, yeah, we're vampire marines. You get in there, (laughs) Kelly, and you infiltrate the vampire base. And we'll be watching you. So when it's time to move in, we'll go get them. It's that kind of shit. And then we have... Friends, we have Lisa, yes. we have Tracy, you got Cindy. Cindy, Ashley, Megan, who has one of the most memorable scenes out of the entire fucking thing because she grabs the tennis racket. <laughs> there, we'll get to this. There is so much going on with these characters. Like, you've got three sets of characters that you're following through the whole video production the whole movie of this thing 
which if you watch it chronologically runs about an hour or so and it's it runs, on youtube it's actually like over an hour and a half yeah i think that's how much like video they shot yeah and i think that's if you include like the augers too like every little bit of them hobbling around because they had to make these vampires so safe and non-threatening that they're just basically dumpy <laughs> walking trash bags it's so good it, it's absolutely ridiculous, but these characters, they're your run-of-the-mill, average, 80s teen stereotypes. Like, yeah. y- you find these characters in Ghoulies, you find them in The Gate, you find them in... Slumber Party Massacre 3. Exactly. <laughs> like, that is what this game is. This game is totally, uh, like... PG-13 version of Slumber Party Massacre. You know, it doesn't even go where it potentially could have because this could have been like a hard R if it was a movie and they wanted to go into like, I don't know, Friday the 13th territory with but it. But they didn't want to. They wanted no, to No, they didn't make want to make kid- Friday the 13th Part 7. They made kid shit. They wanted to make it fun and campy and n- not for all ages, yeah. but for like you can enjoy it as an adult without being a horrible Person? I think I think it's like a perfect preteen game. Yeah. You know? Like if you watch this, like let's say for 90s kids, the most comparable thing to this for me would be like a Halloween episode of Saved by the Bell. Yeah. You know? All the totally. way. Totally. Because those are these kind of characters. Except they're just getting killed by vampires with blood guns. Well, they're not even getting killed. Your whole objective is to watch, Save them. is to look at the security cameras and activate the traps so mm-hmm. the vampires don't get them. Yes. And if like one of your care, like if one of the girls dies, you, game over. Yeah, game over. You have yeah. to start all over. You get a cutscene, or you get a scene from the scat lead, who's like Lieutenant Commander Sims or some shit like that, and he's like, "You've disappointed me for the last time. You were supposed to monitor and make sure these girls didn't get killed. We're pulling the plug." It's ridiculous like that because that's when you got to restart, and if you're not at least fifteen minutes through, you're done fucking starting from the beginning so you better get ready because over the course of the game you have to capture and defeat something like a hundred enemies it's a hundred it's a hundred augers yeah Yeah. well i think it's like 95 augers and then like the five main vampires Uh, well yeah well they're augers too technically they got teeth that's the difference between the augers and the main vampires. Oh, and, and eyes. And yes, glowing. and they're not wearing trash bags or <laughs> pantyhose over their heads. It's true. Oh, it's so you see, fucking fun. My main fucking complaint, I'm going to get this out here early. Yeah, talk about it. Is, uh, it's about the, censor- the censorship and how people in the news were talking about this game and all that. Yeah. They labeled this as a game where you rape and kill sorority girls. Yes, this game was like headlines in Night Trap, you rape and murder college co-eds, which couldn't be further from the truth. One, you don't kill them. No. You actually do everything you can to make sure they don't die. Yes. Two, there is no rape. There is no semi-nudity. There is no groping. There is no sexual assault of any fashion in this game. So where the fuck did they get that? Yeah, and I think that's basically when you're seeing it through conservative censorship eyes. Even then, there is nothing that indicates rape in this. I I think they're just like, oh my god, she's wearing her underwear and she's getting attacked in the bathroom. She wasn't. That must mean rape. She was in a nightgown. Yeah, I don't know. She was in a silky nightgown. I don't know how those people think. They're like (laughs) boxed up in their fucking Senate hearings all day. They're going completely insane from their political government agenda trying to control every aspect of human culture and what we expose ourselves to. And their whole thing was it was perceived and copied violence. Yeah. I, I think were yeah. some of the terms that it was discussed because reproduced violence. Yes. Um, which is a real thing that these people have devised. Based on, I think, a handful of cases where there have been incidents like, for example, the Child's Play 2 
railroad murders that had been a really, really big deal after that movie came out when a kid was mutilated and a couple of older kids said they did it because they saw Chucky do it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, talking about... Well, it what... just goes to that old argument. It's like, kids are going to see it in a video game and they're going to do it. That's why kids yeah. shoot up schools now. Yeah, and that's that's why stuff like Slenderman happens. Because some kids read stuff on Creepypasta and then they go take a girl out into the woods and stab her. Oh, and by the way, I was being completely sarcastic with my luscious comment. No, you're being <laughs> facetious as fuck. And you're totally right. Because music, movies, video games, books... And art do not make kids kill other kids or people kill other people. Period. If people are going to do that, it is an individual act. Yeah. It's not based on what has infiltrated their mind or corrupted them through whatever media they have exposed themselves to. Well, we're getting down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so much so. Let's wind it back. <laughs> And talk about when this happened because it happened during the Christmas fucking break of yeah. 1992 when Night Trap had finally been released on Sega CD. And the reason it wound up on Sega was because Hasbro completely scrapped Project Nemo. Yeah. Their whole interactive platform for movies that you could edit yourself and basically choose your own adventure kind of stories at home just got completely shelved and i think um the team james riley and his guys who at this time were now working as digital productions limited i think was the name of their company yes um something like that um they had put out this for production and then they put out another one which eventually got a sega cd port and i think it was called sewer shark it was sewer shark but when Hasbro saw the final end result, they were like, oh, we don't really get it. We don't know if it's going to connect with the audience. And we're scared to fucking death because each one of these games cost at least $2 million to produce. Mm -hmm. Which now is like fucking chump change. Right. Seriously. I mean, no. you look at like Call of Duty and Halo and shit, and those like get up into the 50 millions. Still... I think so, because, <laughs> you know, those things are being produced as... It's so bad. Yeah. Anyway, but it's like, yeah, Hasbro, they got... They pulled the plug. They yeah, couldn't they do it. They got the cold feet, and they were like, we can't fucking produce this. And then Sega CD came out in 92, mm -hmm. and this they were like, hey, we got this. And they're like, let's do it. Yeah, because I think there was a lot of the frame rate issue in question when it came to producing games on CD because up until that point it had just been cartridges. We'd had Nintendo, we'd had Sega. Sega can do what Nintendo don't. So they came out with the first CD-based gaming console, which was just an add-on to the original Sega Genesis. Um, but it was like, I think, 16 frames per second yep. at a really low resolution of like 164 by 72 or something like that. Um, and there was a limited color palette so overall, it looked like complete dog shit. But it was still fun. Yes. And it was still playable. And people fucking loved it. Like, this became a fucking party game sensation. And then after the Senate hearing yeah. where they decided that they were going to get this game actually taken off the shelves. Yeah, they were going to get banned. Yeah, because uh, they no, wanted they did. it. They took them off the shelves during Christmas. Really? Yeah. Because it was like when, when it started, the Senate hearings and things were being shown on CNN, the games were fucking flying off the fucking shelves at like KB Toy Store and shit. Like and they, they couldn't keep them in stock in the warehouse. And then they had to take them out. Yeah. And That's then, right because of the ESRB rating. Uh -huh. They re-released it with the M. Yep. Yeah. So like, it became mature. This became this was one of the games. It was this Mortal Kombat and a couple others where I think Doom got mentioned Doom and wrapped up in all this shit. I don't think Fantasmagoria did. Because of what happens in the game, games are now rated. Yes. So this is one of the things that that's the reason we have that now. It's such a load of bullshit, too, because this game is so fucking tame if you watch it as just a standalone film. If All right, so their main fight was, I'm not going to tell you how it happens. If you want to do it, look it up on YouTube or play the game. The bathroom scene. 
was yeah. the most con- like the whole reason they did this was because of the bathroom scene and everyone says that it's been edited down it has not so what you're seeing is what they saw and they rated this m based on that yes because they played it over and over and then right after playing and edited that scene, everything else away yeah because they didn't show you any of the character interaction any of the dialogue, any of the plot development. Anything in the living room? Nothing. They just <laughs> fucking love it. God damn it. Yeah, we're going to talk about that shit. Um, but that's the thing is like Joseph Lieberman would show that clip of the bathroom death scene that you can find on YouTube. And you can even find the like 30 minute clip of the Senate hearing where he's discussing this and showing this. He would show that death scene and he would play it out because halfway through the death scene, you can click the trap button and you can save her life. But they didn't want to do that because they wanted to show the most violent, uh, gruesome stuff they could, which is even like super fucking tame because there's no blood spray. There's, you know, really nothing more than just what you get. And then right after that, they would show clips from Mortal Kombat. They would show... The spine being ripped out. Yeah, Sub-Zero ripping Raiden's spine out. And then another bit, which I think was Kano ripping Sonya Blade's heart out of her chest. Yeah. So he was saying, your kids are being exposed to this. And they're going to go out and they're being trained to kill people. Yeah. Because of Night Trap and because of Doom and because of Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. So Sega re-released the game with the Mature Tag in 93. Yeah. And it was still a pretty big hit. And then it got ported a couple of more times in, I think, 96 and 97. Because in 96, it wound up on the 32X. Mm-hmm. And then I think it, it was... It was 97 or 98 when it got ported to PC. PC, yeah. yeah. Which was the final version for the time. Like the 10-year anniversary director's cut mm-hmm. is basically what it was. Well, actually, no. Um, that would have been five years, roughly. Um, 97, 98. Um, because it didn't come out when they first started shooting the game. And producing it in 87 came out in 92. But then it kind of went away. Then it kind of, you know, had a little diehard fan base. And then technology moved on and we got the PlayStation and we got the Xbox. And there really wasn't much from Night Trap for a while until I think the Kickstarter era. Yeah, there was. they were trying to do a Kickstarter where they yeah. wanted to make a whole bunch of games from the from sega and kind of like do the whole hd thing yes. and the remastered so that the fans can have them and be to the new generation and they apparently were getting a shit ton of emails being like do night trap yeah, bring back night trap and they could not bring the funds for it they wanted uh thirty thousand, and they only got no. 39 oh no, no yes no. they did it was 300, 300. yeah they, they wanted a third of a million dollars to do Night Trap revamped. And they only got 39. Yeah. They yeah. barely got 10% of that shit. Yeah. It and then And then it went away again. And this guy somehow ported... Like, he had ported other games to stuff before. He ported part of the game onto his Samsung and anonymously... Eh, anonymously posted a video of him playing Night Trap on his phone. And that freaked it everyone just blew out the fuck up yeah i think i think it was the dude who was working on a bunch of other digital pictures games like mad dog murphy or yeah, well, whatever he the said fuck. he did a uh, sewer shark oh yeah that's right that's right and the the thing was one of his buddies was like hey man why don't you do a port of mm-hmm. night trap and put it on your phone and then upload that video randomly to youtube and see what happens and people lost it yeah so he took the first disc of night trap and he was able to convert it for his phone and when people responded as big as they did and a bunch of video game news sites started writing articles and doing coverage he decided to reach out to one of the original game's producers i think uh tony zito yeah who was right there in the middle of the whole controversy back in the 90s and he 
almost immediately responded to him and said, yeah, um, what do you want to do with this? And the developer said, well, I'd like to release it. And Tony Zita replied, okay, let's do let's it. Let's start working on it. Yep. And that's how we got the 25th anniversary of Night Trap for Steam and yep. then PlayStation 4. Yep. You can actually buy hard copies of it now, too. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think Limited Run Games yep. did a physical copy release, which I think sold out really fast, but they're still in circulation. Mm-hmm. And the main reason that we're even talking about this is because it just made its fucking way to Nintendo Switch. Yeah! And it plays better than it has ever fucking played before the Nintendo Switch port is so goddamn smooth. It is so good. I love it. I absolutely love playing Night Trap on the Switch. We, with, all right, so we didn't start playing Night Trap until... Monday, Memorial Day. Yes. At around... Which it had been out for a week by then. We we started playing around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh Uh-huh. We've played it six times? Yeah. Well, the thing is, the (laughs) gameplay... It's only 25 minutes. Front to back, it's a 25-minute game. Um, And the reason why it's built the way it is, where you basically have an hour-long movie compacted into a 25-minute game, is because on each of the screens in the bottom left of the large uh dashboard you have scenes playing at the same time like there's a scene going on in the kitchen with a couple of characters at the same time a scene's going on in the bathroom with a couple of other characters yeah or you're dealing with an auger and then you're in the living room they're talking about the plot yes stuff like that yeah because while the plot's going on there are vampires in the house that you have trying to, to kill the characters So you're always focused on how many vampires you're stopping. And if you don't stop enough of them, they take over the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun as shit. Like, you bounce back and forth a lot when you've got a couple of extra seconds between trapping the vampires, the augers. You can watch a little bit of the footage. But then there's the unlock features that the 25th anniversary opened up, which nobody had seen since the very beginning of this game ever being released because there are so many badass special features in the playstation steam and nintendo versions oh yeah well they had to it's everyone now wants the trophies so that's that goes with that you know you can't get trophies on nintendo yet so all you're doing is just unlocking content it's still an achievement (laughs) it's a feather in your cap um let's talk about let's talk about some of the uh achievements some of the unlockable um content and the supplements that you can get because you can play the original game that started everything you can actually play every single release like you could play the 92 release you could play the 96 release yep the uh Panasonic 3DO or whatever it was. You can play every port of this game. You mm-hmm. can like you can choose which one you want to do. We found that the the new release is the yeah, much easier one. It, it's it's the best layout, honestly. I mean, I, I like the old version. We've got an old copy of the Sega CD um, pre-code, interestingly enough, which yeah. we discovered tonight, uh, which is great. Yeah, we have mint condition. Close to, close to. It, it's used like new. It's got a little it's bit of fray like, on the box. Art. No, that's still technically mint. Yeah, NRFB. The way it is, it's it's really damn close, <laughs> and it's pre-code. Like yeah, pre-rigging. so it doesn't have the uh, the mature on the cover, which is just so so. Because awesome. we bought it years ago, we just never mm-hmm. played it. Yeah, well, we played it a couple of times you on Sega CD. It. And honestly, like, playing it on Sega CD is fun, but the picture looks like shit, and the controls are a little bit wonky with the Sega controller. Um, But man, I love the 4 to 3 resolution of the Nintendo Switch version and the 25th anniversary version, because they took all of that original 35mm footage from shooting it and and ported it. It looks so good. It's so crisp. It's great. And it's from a VHS transfer, too. And it does not look like shit. Mm-mm. It looks amazing. It looks HD. Yeah. 
I think it's because of the lighting and the direction of photography, too. Oh, they were too. so pissed about that. They, <laughs> they, because it had never been done before, they wanted to be dark and edgy, but mm-hmm. they didn't know how it was going to transfer, so they had to make every room the brightest room in the world. Yeah. And it always upset James Riley. Yeah, and what's great, too, is, like, the cinematography and the oh, yeah. photography, the, the director of photography, the DP on this, was Don fucking Burgess, who went on to do Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump and Contact and fucking Castaway. And then he eventually did The Conjuring 2. It's like one of his most recent. Like, he is a, he's well known in the film industry. And it's like, you started on Night I know, it's so good. He even did the latest Muppets movie. And he did this fucking shit game that they filmed in L.A. over a month. And the way that they filmed this was ridiculous because they had to put the characters through, well, the actors, through all of these scenes where they had only like 29 seconds to get from one side of the room to the other, deliver the dialogue, and then it would cut to the next bit so it was just the most odd and bizarre and non-linear way of shooting scenes and sequences and the director would always have to step in and be like okay well remember uh we're coming off of this scene and you're gonna be getting into this situation so here's how you're gonna act and sometimes it doesn't always pay off. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, who do you think is the worst offender of the cast? <sighs> Megan. Megan? <laughs> Reason. The crowd favorite? She is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. But in, red. In, this, in the scene that we love so much. Oh, no. I looked at it. Mm. Her lip syncing is off. Oh, is it that bad? Her lip syncing is off. <laughs> like, completely. <laughs> so it's that. That makes it better. And it's that mixed with her awful, over-the-top acting. Because oh. there's, like, this dialogue where she's like, All right, we're here. We've got a car. We've got wine. We've got a phone. Parents we've got are a out TV. of town. Yeah, like she's just going down the list of like all this schlocky shit. And then she ends it with, you know what that means? Party! Party! And it's just the fucking corniest shit that turns into this fucking song that (laughs) everybody... There is a theme song for this game. That all the characters sing in the game. Like they're all singing the game's theme song. Look out behind you. Something like You'll have the time of your life or some fucking ridiculous shit like that. Oh, it is corny as fuck. It's my favorite thing in the world. (laughs) It's totally that scene of like, well, all the girls are having a party at the sleepover, so they're gonna dance around, and one of them's gonna grab the tennis racket and play guitar. It's it's Incredible. garbage. It's trash. It's pure fucking schlocky dumb shit. And it's just fun as fuck. Oh, uh, love it's it. It's so funny. Love it, love it. Yeah, every every one of them has their own death scene. Um, you can unlock more and more of the game with letting some of the characters get killed. But you don't really want to do that, though. Yeah, all that really does is just open up more, like, screenshots of the original uh, concept scene of the crime. Yeah. About the whole, like, you know, uh, ninjas taking over the fucking Lake Tahoe mansion for the (laughs) rubies and jewels and gold. Which is not this story. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's that's the predecessor to what eventually became Night Trap. Um... But I, I kind of like some of the death scenes because they're kind of creative. Like the point where Victor and I think Sheila or whatever her name is, the mom vampire. Yeah. They like realize that you've been controlling all the traps in the house the entire time. And they're trying to kill Kelly. Yeah, but they figure out that you've been doing it. So they kill you by... Sending you down a trap that's, like, right below where you've been controlling the whole house from. Yeah. And they just wave, goodbye, bye. 
die, you know, while you're falling into oblivion to your death. Um, so there's fun stuff like that. I, I think this game just has a bad rap. And I think yeah. it's just so fucking misunderstood with too many people who try to push an agenda on it and say, oh, this is the most violent game ever made. And it's still on that list. I don't know how. Oh, and by the way, when it got ported this yeah. year, it's only rated T. Yes, that's it, it. It's T for teen. But yeah, I don't, I don't understand how with all the games that are out now. Yeah, no nudity, no vulgarity, no extreme violence. I mean, nobody's you, head gets blown off. You put this like next a to fucking shooter. Put it next to something that was around the same time. You put this next to Phantasmagoria. Yeah, oh, Phantasmagoria is so good. It's nowhere near as bad. No, no, as not at all. No, that that game is the. Uh, one of the most extreme uh, full motion video games ever it's fucked made. up um, <laughs> the death scenes are like extremely gory like there's a bit where you know some really hardcore stuff happens also including sexual assault and other things like that but with Night Trap none of that's there no this is just fun yeah it really is it's fun campy stupid humor when you watch the actual like movie part of the game, it's really lighthearted <laughs> and just goofy. And then it's got one of the best funny bit endings of it too. Yeah. Where if you get a perfect fucking game, and it's possible, but it's tough as shit. Because when you gotta change colors for your traps, like you can either trigger the traps using the color green, or your traps become blue or purple. You know, you have to make sure you have the right color highlighted or else they're not going to work. You get all the way to the end. You defeat the brother, the sister, the mom, the dad. And Kelly is the last person to talk to you. You can trap her. Mm -hmm. You can be like, boop. Bloop. And then she goes down one of the traps, and that's the game. And you're like, yay, I did a perfect score. I can unlock all the things. One thing I do want to bring up is yeah. how revolutionary this game was. Not only because it jump-started the whole, you have to rate video games now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, if it weren't for this, we wouldn't have games like Five Nights at Freddy's. Exactly, because... It's that premise of yeah. jumping between surveillance cameras and being interactive. James Riley pioneered that. His yeah. whole idea was, what's the easiest way to interact with videos? Well, if you have eight screens in front of you, you can watch a bunch of different surveillance cameras and then click on each one of them. And that's exactly what Scott Coffin did uh -huh. with FNAF. Yeah. Which is undoubtedly the most popular video game series today. Yeah. There, yeah. There's no way something's more popular than FNAF right now. Across the board. Because kids love it, which they shouldn't. No, not I at all, because it's very fucked up. I do not believe kids should play FNAF or know what it is. But I think FNAF do. is mature as shit, and it makes Night Trap look like just It's worse than Night Trap! Nothing. <laughs> Night, Night Trap is like kitty shit. Like, Night Trap is, are you afraid of the dark? At best. Compared yes. to fucking seriously, like Night Trap is like a vampire episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Dark. It has all the same trappings. Eh? It's so fucking corny. <laughs> Don't look at me that way. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're not. I'm so, I did. <laughs> it's just no joke. Like it's seriously, it's that fun. Like I really, really think that Night Trap would have been perfect. On Nickelodeon in the early 90s. I, I think you were right the first time with saying it was like Saved like the Bell. So, it, yeah, yeah, save, yeah, yeah. Save totally. By the bell. Totally. Saved by the Bell type or stuff. Or even too. Clarissa explains it all. <laughs> <laughs> There's a See, blast from the past. That's the thing. I would have loved to have seen the characters in Clarissa explains it all get the blood sucked out <laughs> of their necks through the fucking auger guns. Ferguson? The fucking redhead kid? Ferguson? Fer Ferguson? Yeah, that. Little Piece shit. Of shit. There's even fucking maniac cop jokes in goddamn Clarissa Explains It All that I remember. But yeah, totally, totally that level of stuff. Um, but FNAF, Five Nights at Freddy's, is fucked up. Yeah. Like, it takes some of the horror and terror of ideas like Nightmare on Elm Street and combines them with 
stuff like Chuck E. Cheese, and it just amplifies things just to a Chuck very e. upsetting level. Anyway, like no. Enough of that. Um, this is a pioneer game. You know, yeah. it, it really is. And it's playable as shit, too. And it's so much fun. It really is. Like, we had a couple of runs where we tried to do one of us play and the other... I was in charge. time codes. Because you can actually find the entire time codes of, like, when you need to activate the traps to get yeah. a perfect game. And I was in charge of reading off all the time codes, and I dreamt about that. <laughs> all night. <laughs> so, basically, I've got the controller. She's got the walkthrough. And, yes, after multiple attempts and failures, sometimes it is okay to use a walkthrough. Come at us. Give it a good... <laughs> <laughs> Give it a good 15 tries. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely make 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 your multiple attempts until you're ready to burn down the house. Um, so I've got the controller. I'm going through the game. And the way that you're telling me how to play is the most simple and effective way possible because we got so close to perfect. We, we got 99, 99 out of 100. I know. Oh, yeah. You would, you would basically say... 13, bedroom. 46, hallway one. I would even say that. One minute and 28, kitchen. I wouldn't even do that. It would be like 14, bed. Yeah, yep. 19, drive. It's yeah, like, you started, I you started abbreviating them. big time. Like, you weren't even looking at the fucking screen. You were just looking at your walkthrough, um, PDF, whatever. And we were just going for it. And it, it was so much fun. Um, but yeah, I... I don't know what other than the the song and dance. <laughs> what uh, what do you like the most about Night Trap? Is it the neighbor Eddie who no. shows up in the parking lot and goes? <laughs> I stole an auger suit and I scared you. It's such a shitty thing. <laughs> and then oh my god, the dude from the fucking scat team who shows up and he's like, I think it's "Hey boss, I think it's time for the old Jamaican bit." And then he walks into the house, and he sounds absolutely fucking ridiculous. I... But he looks like Keith when we meet him at the very first bit of oh the game. He looks at he looks at the camera, and he's like, "Who are, Who are these guys? Can we trust them? Are they gonna be able to do this? Like, you know, trying to get us involved in the gameplay. Like, you better step up your game, player." It's so, so good. So dumb shit. I don't know. I think other than the stupid <laughs> dance and song, yeah. I just really like, like, I would watch this movie. Yeah. I, I like Lightning this. hands. Lightning bolts. The fucking vampires have superpowers. I forgot about that. Because I was just thinking about their eyes turning green whenever they reveal their fangs. Like the fucking uh, uh-huh. black-haired kid who, like, goes to attack Cindy. And then she comes back wearing a suit, and she's been converted into an evil wine-drinking vampire. I just love the story. I, I love it's how so stu- much fun. this is one of those stupid, like co-ed slasher movies yeah. that I love watching when I'm having a bad day and need a girls' night. I would watch this shit. Like oh, no, I would watch an hour and a half I version lo- of this easy. I would so watch this. That's what I like most about uh-huh. it is I would actually watch this as a movie. <laughs> Which you can, but if it was like fully fleshed out into the pacing of a feature film that flowed really well and, you know, did what this game does, it'd be entertaining as shit. Uh-huh. And it would require, like, barely any practical effects work because it's all so fucking, like, minimalistic but also fun and charming. It it really has that, like, charming nostalgia yeah. of early special effects. Yeah, yeah. Not shitty special effects. Early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it had so much potential. It could have so easily gone the way of, like... George Romero or John Carpenter or Lucio Fulci. <laughs> it could have. It could have been gory and shit. It like, already... this game could have been fucking gnarly, and it didn't go there. No, it just was fun. Yes, it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was lighthearted. 
And it's still a really good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, so if you have a Switch or PlayStation yes. 4 or Steam, get this game. It's, I recommend the Switch. It, the Switch yeah. port for the Nintendo Switch, it's so good. It plays perfect. It's super frustrating to play, but if you're able to get through it, mm-hmm. it's it's worth it. I it's think so. a lot of it's it's a good little romp. Yeah, it's worth like the 15 bucks or however much it is. Like yeah. it's it's totally worth getting. Um and it, the replay value fun. is ridiculous. Yeah. And then and then the documentary that's on the game you can watch and it's absolutely fascinating. Um and it talks about one of the more tragic aspects of this game, yeah. which is the lead actress who plays Kelly, the undercover operative hanging out with the co-ed girls, um, Dana Plato, who was on different strokes. Yeah. Um, and had done a lot of different uh, comedies and, you know, sitcoms and stuff like that in the 80s. Um, she was in this and then, you know, years after, she got really, really heavy into drug use yeah. and just hard living and then passed away Mm -hmm. and it's fucked up that you know night trap people went to that and they were like oh well night trap ruined her life after night trap she was never able to get a good gig ever again and you know she eventually killed herself with drugs and substance abuse and that's just that's fucked up you know um there's a lot behind the story and behind the scenes of this game and it's fascinating to see just how much this game affected our culture and still continues to affect our culture. It's extremely controversial. Yeah. For no fucking reason. Yeah, because it could have just been another VHS tape in the horror section of the video store. But because it was a game. Because it was interactive. Because your kids could actually click the button and let the character die or save the character and kill the evil vampires. And the thing is, is like the people who wanted the game banned didn't even know about that. They just thought it was a game that centered around... Violence towards women. Yeah, rape and murder and misogyny. And it's not at all. No. It's it's just a really, really fun, cheesy fucking slumber party massacre game. It's so, it's so, so much fun. So the, the reason, the big reason that we talked about this again was because it just got released on the Switch. And we can't recommend it enough because it's an absolute blast to play. But for us, it is now Halloween season. Yeah! Yeah, goddammit. It September 1st. <laughs> 60 days of Halloween. That is what we do every fucking year. Every year. And this was our first Halloween video game of 2018. So, 60 days of Halloween. This is what it is. Every single day from September 1st until Halloween, we either play a horror-based game or watch a horror movie or a horror TV show. Yes. And so far, what we've done... Every single day without question. Yep. And it all gets recorded on the list. And we can publish that list on either the site or Because it's different every year. Yeah. So you guys can see... And follow along with us what we're doing for 60 Days of Halloween on Patreon, if you're interested. Um, We can put it there. We can put it on the site. We can really put it wherever. But just to let you know where we are so far in the first few days of 60 Days of Halloween, already we have watched the horror anime Pet Shop of Horrors, which we talked about in a previous episode with Danny. We have watched... The classic werewolf film. Curse of the Werewolf starring Arlie Reed. Arlie Reed, yeah. Hell yeah. So it's the best, one of the best werewolf movies ever made. It's so good. And it's just such a fun hammer horror film that is a great standout in their filmography. Like, I, I, I just enjoy the shit out of it. And... Yeah, we're just going to keep everything going for more uh, fun throughout the next couple of months. Um, 
other than that, we watched one more thing. We watched some Are You Afraid of the Dark, like we talked well, yeah, about a little bit. Because it's like amazing. Like you do. Yeah. Like you do. That's going to be throughout that. The whole 60 Days of Halloween is going to have that peppered in. So. Just like monsters. Yep. Monsters. Maybe a little Tales from the Crypt. A few other things. Um, but yeah. So that's where we are. Follow along with us for that fun stuff. And we also found out something while we were doing a little bit of research on Night Trap that I didn't know about and you told me about today. Yep. There is, spoilers guys, a Night Trap 2 in the works. Pre-production, right? I think it's either pre-production or production. I can't remember which one. But Night Trap 2 is happening and it's supposed to be like part video game yeah and then you have to jump onto vr i'm so psyched like that that would absolutely be one of those things that sold me on a vr headset for either playstation oh or my oculus God. or happens, htc vive if it happens yeah because you know you know whenever you bring it up i'm like um oh, you don't need it no <laughs> that <laughs> that and whatever fucking meets meyer finishes producing yeah so th- those are the big selling points um but other than that I think we've really talked about Night Trap to the full extent that we can. Um, again, my take on it is it's a lot of fun, and I totally recommend checking it out. It's absolutely worth giving a playthrough. I think it's great. I don't think it. I don't think the controversy the controversy is accurate. It no. is. It's a misunderstood, just campy gem that yeah. more people should know about. I agree. I, I totally agree. And it, it's perfect for like B-movie and like 80s schlock horror movie lovers and yeah. stuff. Um, but before we go, Deborah, did you want to give any shout outs this week? Yep. Uh, wanted to give a quick shout out to America McGee and Martin working on America McGee's Alice Asylum. Yes. Um, which has been, I believe, pitched to EA now. Yes, it's been so pitched. So we're waiting to hear back but so from far, what EA says. It's been pitched. We haven't heard anything, but it looks like it's in a good area right Sweet. now. Um, there, if, you're a pa- uh, if you are on their Patreon, you can see all the dresses that she's going to have this time and yeah, there's like all, a zillion all designed with uh americans uh direction by omri koresh yep. i believe uh who's making some pretty incredible art like the the black uh death the, dress the harvest the harvester dress. yeah that one looks cool as shit it this just looks like it's gonna be the best game in years. <laughs> I mean, it looks incredible. So, um, yeah, check out American McGee. Check out his mysterious shop. Support him. Support Alice Asylum. It's going to be absolutely incredible. And we help them, and they help us. And if you help them, it helps us. And it's that huge tower, circle, water wheel, whatever. Yes. Also, tower, um, circle, water wheel. Tower, circle, water wheel. Bird also, um, <laughs> shout out to the Dark Art Society. Yes, Shetzar and Mike Carell, as yeah. always. Yeah, great guys. We were on their show. We have had them on here. Um, really, really great artists and people. So check them out. Yes, and um, for everyone listening, um, there is the Dark Art Society retreat going on this weekend. So check out all of the content that's coming from the Dark Art Society folks over on their Patreon and Facebook and all the feeds that you can find them on um, because it's really exciting stuff. And there are a lot of great people from the Dark Art community attending that, including one of our previous guests, Shane Isaacowski, Mm -hmm. who will be out there doing some really, really cool work. So thank you again, as always, for tuning in. Uh, Thank you, patrons. For following us and supporting us on Patreon, as always. Uh, We love you guys, and we're always happy to provide you with the most current and up-to-date content whenever we give out our exclusives or whenever we're just posting our most recent updates. Um, Other places folks can follow us if you want to share and uh, spread the word is always Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
and then our own individual feeds. Um, I'm Mr. Andrew Hawkins, and you are... Asylum.in.wonderland. Yep, easy to find. So, yeah, folks, thank you for tuning in to another Freaky Phantoms. We were happy to be able to bring you some words on Night Trap. Night Trap!